Welcome to Everything Trying to Kill You, the podcast that analyzes and makes fun of your favorite horror movies. And this episode is about Mike Flanagan's movie Hush, which you can watch on Netflix forever because mm-hmm. it is a Netflix original. It's not gonna the get- subtext of that is if you haven't seen this movie yet, we're about to spoil the shit out of it for you. So pause us, watch it, and then come back. It's not going to get yanked away from you like like a, what was the one that we recorded and immediately it follows got, yeah it got immediately like got immediately off, yanked yeah all streaming <laughs> no one could find it it cost like seven dollars to watch it for 24 hours or something yeah we were like guys and you had to like you had sorry. to like do an obstacle course to get to the place where you click you had to, to pick the correct chalice yeah and if you didn't you just it's the dusty one it's the yeah. old dusty one yeah um Oh, if by now you are wondering who is this bitch telling me what to do, I am Mary Kay. I'm Mary. And we are your regular hosts. And we also have on a very lovely guest today, Eric Skorzynski. Did I say it right? Uh, Skorzynski. I did it. That's pretty sad. But you know, okay, so here's here's what's funny though. So I do, um, I've been doing marketing with the dealership for like, for like three years or two years. And we had a Polish... Um, employee start and uh-huh. I was she's like oh and then she said a pronunciation of my name and I was like no it's Korzynski and she's like I would know how to pronounce your name because I'm from Poland I was like well, I mean oh. she may be like historically correct but that is not accurate yeah, but, to it, how but you if it's how the family set name. it for like a couple you know a couple yeah. generations you got to just stick with it Right? Yeah, like the spelling I mean, of my yeah, last... but they anglicized everyone at L. Like, yeah, yeah. The spelling of my name is not accurate to like what the name is in German, but it's correct. It's how we spelled, it. and it's how it was traditionally like it was consistently um, misspelled that way or respelled that way at Ellis Island. It just so kind of most sticks. buyers, mm-hmm. yeah, most buyers in the United States spell it the way my family does. Merca. Woo. My last name has been and always will be pronounced McBrayer. How do you you pronounce it? McBrayer. (laughs) Okay, that's what I've been saying. So good. Yeah, you're right. Like prayer, but with a B. Yeah, like Like McBrayer. But it's funner when you troll the R. But you sound Scottish now. like William Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is a Scottish name. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, am I I missing a step? Whoa, okay, okay, okay. No. We know that your name is Polish. What else Correct. should we know about you? So I edit the Everything Trying to Kill You podcast. That's right. He's cool. the one you always hear us yelling at. <laughs> so, or you don't hear because I cut you guys because out. Because he cuts it out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, um, I love horror movies. I used to have a horror podcast, which is how we all connected. Yeah. Um, and it is now deceased, which is sad. Uh, no, it's on it the is dormant. It's, it is dormant for the season. It's as dead as a Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th kind of thing. There will be some Uh resurgence. I uh, I have seen that thing. You've never seen Friday the 13th? The whole shtick at the beginning of asking me to do this was that Mary was scared of horror movies and hadn't seen any. Okay, Okay. put a pin in the Friday the 13th thing. Let me finish my intro. But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, all the people need to know about me is that I love horror. I used to do a horror podcast, met you guys. Uh, I'm... Just quit my job, which is woo, and uh, now we are all of us unemployed. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Entrepreneurs. Uh, Yeah. yeah, Let's rebrand it as entrepreneurs. That's the fucking truth. Yes. That's right. 
Oh, and I also started something that might become something. I started a uh, Instagram called Cinema Influences, um, which may be the beginnings of a resurgence of my podcast. We'll see what happens. So go yeah. ahead and follow it, and we'll see. And we're going to link to that in the show notes. Happens. So yeah, and link to my yeah. personal because I'm not even going to bother saying it because it's like 13 letters, and right, then if right, I right. go together because my name. So that was my yeah, and we'll remind everyone at the end so that they know to click in the show notes to go to your podcast right after this. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and so our icebreaker, because as you guys know, we always have a hard time getting started. <laughs> um, so my icebreaker question was, if you were the intruder, which yeah. none of us would be because we're regular ass people who don't get off I don't off know, the guy looked people. awfully similar to my type. <laughs> I was watching a movie like... It's a white I guy guess that's true. Computer. If I were to try and describe you to someone, there wouldn't be a You'd whole say the lot murderer of difference. No, <laughs> I just mean that if I were to try and describe you, I'd be like, if I were to say like, oh yeah, average height, average build, like stubble and beard, yeah, you know, medium brown hair. Like there wouldn't be a lot of distinguishing. Eric's not a mouth breather though, like this intruder was. Yeah, he doesn't just sit there slack jawed all the time. He's like, glassy can you read my lips? And he wasn't even moving his lips. And she was like, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Enunciate. Like, <laughs> try. Try a little bit. Just, yeah. I did notice Ableist that, though. I was like, you are a regular-ass-looking dude, and you're asking this woman who cannot hear if she can read your lips, and you are um, you, you mumble. Not you, Eric, obviously. Um, My type. Yeah. But so. that's not fair. That would be like, if somebody said that about someone who didn't look like you, it would be racist. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. yeah. So I would not. I don't think you guys look alike. You I don't, don't think you all actually look alike. do. Not all white guys I look think, alike. I think we look very similar. I I don't think you actually resemble up. each other, but also, no. I mean, that's why you, I phrased it. Your features it. are the same. Like you would describe me and Mary as the same. That's exactly what I was about to say. Like. That's what we've always you said over what? the years. Is that we? Don't I'm just going to backtrack and stop identifying with the killer this early on. Yeah, Perfect. I think that's probably going to be a helpful choice for you going forward. I'm like, no, I really look like him. No, I yeah. really look like him, guys. And then when he Don't said this, think? I just thought... And then Picture I felt, me like oh. him. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you think of me, just think of <laughs> so. this deranged... Love me fondly. There's no connection, <laughs> listeners. No connection. Wow, I can't believe I hit that. Oh, Maybe yeah, I didn't. Cut I it. Sung that. Cut it I if have, I didn't hit it. <laughs> I have sung that in auditions before. Can you believe that my oh my used to do that thing? Okay, bitch. Anymore. We're moving into my icebreaker. <laughs> oh, that's okay. all. That's if all you were finally. the intruder, what kind of mask would you wear to scare the fuck out of your prey? The one that he wore in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys are all alike shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was watching one. it. I was watching it. Look at the question like, this is a pretty good one. Yeah. It is scary. One. Yeah. You know what I you know what I also find disturbing is the uh in point break when they wear the president mask, like that Reagan mask. I was going to say like I think that, uh, that Reagan mask would be solid. Well, I was thinking it? a Nixon one, but I have a better answer if nobody takes it. Well, you know what? well isn't um which one is it that's a Shatner mask just spray painted? Halloween? Michael yeah. Myers? Yeah. See, I, that's that's okay. something about masks and this is like from all the horror movies that I've watched is like I feel like the masks that are intending to be scary, like the Purge, where they have like all the spray painted, mm-hmm. or like obvious horns or something. I feel like that's not that scary. I feel like it, the stuff that scares me is like the 
the faceless. The blankness. Like I'm just white. I'm just like a white, plain face. Again, not yeah. describing myself, describing the mask, just a white, yeah. plain face. Like a, just pantyhose well, pulled yeah. over your face? That's yeah. fucking terrifying. When we, yes, did, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. when we did mask work in college, um, we worked with, like, we weren't working in any kind of, like, tradition, you know? Like, we, it wasn't, like, appropriate of style mask work. The point was more to make that um, in, putting on a mask is inherently transformative. Mm -hmm. and freeing because people cannot see your face so Mm -hmm. it does not matter what the mask to some degree it doesn't matter what the mask is you're going to access something different about yourself Mm -hmm. than you would otherwise but that even if you cannot see what the mask is when it is put on you that there is some sort of weird synthesis that happens based on the way other people in the space are reacting to your mask and you can have these incredibly intense experiences um is that why they do it in the sleep mask. no more? Uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't I haven't done sleep no more, so I'm not. <laughs> I can't. I don't, I don't want to speak too directly to the the experience there, but um, but yeah, I mean that that is part of it. That like it unlocks a performer in a certain way. Like it unlocks the wearer, and yeah. it by unlocking the wearer, it creates something mm-hmm. really different in the space between the wearer and the viewer. When it is something where you notice too, not to pull us way off the icebreaker question, but it's something when I was watching this movie is you can tell who's a good actor once they're completely covered like their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like I was true. watching him and I was like, I can tell, like I can kind of tell what expressions he's making under the mm-hmm. mask. Right. Just by right. looking at his body language. And so right. like when you watch like a Friday the 13th, sometimes when it's just a stuntman in a mask and he has to be right. big and intimidating, mm-hmm. like you're just like, oh, it's a guy shambling around in a mask. Versus right, when, when it is a good like, actor. Right, when you have, like, Doug Jones. Isn't it him, Doug Jones? Yeah, Doug who Jones. Does, the tall, Doug Jones like, is incredible. crazy, yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Doug Jones is incredible. I thought about, that made me think about, well, we talked about this a little bit last time with uh, Adam Driver as Kylo mm-hmm. Ren, where head to oh, toe, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, there's nothing, there's nothing... Oh, I would face. love to see him in a and horror movie. All his ooh, he would be good. And his body, his body is just so expressive and can be so subtle and can be so wild and like. That's it, what just my really experience impressive. of his body was for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think his wife would be I shocked. The minute but... you said that, I knew that Mary Kay was just waiting. <laughs> you knew she was setting me up. Thanks You're like for the assist, girl. <laughs> that's what his body. And I knew the minute you said his body, there would be a comment about said body. Well, well how could I not, though? I mean, so. you weren't going to do it, Eric. One of us, I, we both saw the opportunity. Do you remember our Devil's Candy episode? Yes, I do. I have no shame in complimenting the male figure. That's true. You're right. That's true. But I went deeper into the crevasse. I don't want to go deeper into Adam I thought he crevasse. went deeper into the crevasse, really, like Driver did. But I mean, he's that's what you were. so anyway, let's not talk about the mechanics of this <laughs> metaphor too much. Um, okay. What, uh, so what's, so you would do a Kylo Ren? No, I would wear, mask. I would obviously wear a Trump mask. Oh. I was going to say Ooh, that, but it yeah. felt too easy. It is easy. Mm. And that's why I'm going for it. Just going to, I'm going to skate through this one. I'm working very hard on my classwork. So see, I'm going to half-ass it right here. Just this, just this beat. You... The rest of the episode will be fine. So Trump is scary by association of who we know him to be, but mm-hmm. imagine someone in a Mike Pence mask. That's Isn't Mike Pence in a Mike Pence mask? Yeah, it's a, re- <laughs> a reptilian overlord in a in a Pence yeah, like, mask. Yeah, like I don't. I think I've only seen the same expression ever on his face. Always, it might be that. 
But just imagine that hanging there while you're being stabbed. Oh no God. one can see me. I'm just doing a Mike Pence face. <laughs> Which is just like a blank expression. Then sure. Yeah. Imagine being the most boring person in the world and you've transformed yourself. Whoa. I would, if I was an intruder, I w- what mask I would wear to scare the fuck out of my prey would be a mask of their own face skin, like Hannibal Lecter slash Dwight Schrute. Dwight, the Dwight Schrute mask is actually... That's- the- that is it's the face. Realistic. It's the face of a mannequin, which is um, right. So I used to teach um, like Red Cross's CPR, AED, first aid, all that stuff, and uh, they spell it M A N I K I N, like it is I the kin that. of man. And Ew. you're not allowed to call them dummies. You have to call them mannequins. And those faces do come off because you have to be able to like. There's like a little bag, you know. Like it, it's mm-hmm. it's a piece of machine. It's a piece of equipment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but the thing is, you really can't take the face off and just, like, slap it on like that. Well, that's what I would do then. It would be great. Oh, you should put on one of the baby mannequin faces. Yes, baby, So it's, like, baby, almost Are you small? okay? Okay, so <laughs> a long time ago, when, <laughs> when me and Mary were in AmeriCorps and learning CPR for children and infants, before you perform CPR, you have to make sure your subject is unconscious. And the way you do that, and, you know, in these instructional videos, like, all of the actors are, like, so fucking bored like they want to be doing hamlet yeah. or some shit and they're like baby baby are you okay someone call the doctor this baby's unconscious <laughs> like you would in that situation mm-hmm. that's how i would respond to finding an unconscious baby <laughs> anyway okay so was this movie scary yeah okay we're going into full spoilers here right Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Out. Okay. Yeah, so we've already given I'll, our warnings. Yeah. I'll give more detail to this later. I think the first three fourths, and I felt this way both times I watched the movie. I think the first three fourths of the movie is really scary, but something happens in the fourth. Once mm-hmm. once she has that alternate ending moment, mm-hmm. I feel like all the tension for the movie gets sucked out for the rest of it. Uh, yeah. When she's so, talking to herself with yeah. the internal monologue. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I think that before that, I think it's scary. I think it loses its steam slowly throughout in little bursts. But mm-hmm. I feel like the first, like, 10, 15 minutes is straight up. It's kind of how Scream is. I feel like the first 10 minutes of Scream is terrifying. Yeah. And then okay, it's well, kind of like the more you go the first 10 minutes of this story, it. she just fails at cooking a really complicated dish. So let's chill. Maybe the first 20 minutes. <laughs> right. Okay, first, the first 20, 20 minutes. minutes is fair. Okay. I actually, I... so since I've been studying screenwriting, you know, I had a good time breaking this down, and this almost exactly matches, like, a textbook style, like, hmm. perfect screenplay in terms of its yeah, format I was and gonna, structure. I was going to say that. I was just reading this book called How to Survive a Horror Movie. It's called, it's by, um, let me tell you guys this right quick, uh, Seth Graham Smith, who has, who's uh, the producer of It, so mm-hmm. kind of a big deal, and he was like, uh, are you living in the country? You're in a horror movie. Do you have a cat? You're in a horror movie. Like, it, it's just like a yeah. bunch of things that, yeah. Um, so it's pretty, like, as after I read that, I rewatched the movie and I was like, oh, yeah, this is very much like, it has all of the key ingredients yeah, to being yeah. like a traditional I, 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 movie. I, yeah. Formulaic has such a negative connotation, connotation that that's not the word I'd like to use. Um, but it, it's, it is... It, it hues, hits all the yeah. It hues very tightly to most of the elements of like very standard like feature film structure, um, 
and incorporates a lot of really classic and lovable horror moments. Yeah. Something it doesn't, it does differently than, you know, what I've been getting hammered into my skull lately is the way the tension builds or falls or builds or falls Mm. doesn't line up with, um, with that very formulaic way of progressing. And sometimes that's beneficial and sometimes that's not. And this, I think this movie, I'm interested to hear you guys feedback because I think that was something I just today, as I was trying to break it down into sequences and midpoints and where's the lock-in and where are the thresholds. And as I was looking at all of that, I realized, oh, it, it isn't matching that kind of map that I'm trying to learn yeah. faster right now. Um, so I wonder how much that hurts or serves. I'm interested to see from you guys, hear from you guys how that is hurting it because... Um, I mean, if you're saying that the, the last act is disappointing, then something something leading up to the, that last act. Mm-hmm. Like, there are already it, seeds there, and I'm wondering if they're the things that I noticed today. That I was like, yeah. oh, that doesn't line up, that doesn't line up, that doesn't line up. But otherwise, I mean, it's like very distinct eight sequences. The sequences are almost all the exact same length, except for the sequence with um, John, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. There's a... I did like that part. That part was very suspenseful to me. Yeah. Yes. But I do, and and that was another thing in the um, Seth Graham Green book, Are You a Jock? You're going to die first. Also, (laughs) um, can we just have like a moment, just a beat of silence for my beloved Anders, the man that Kara Thrace should have loved on Battlestar Galactica. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Um, That actor was on... Battlestar is what I'm saying to the two people uh, who are on this podcast who are clearly not as big of a dork as I am. I don't know what to tell you, except for wonderful. I do agree with Eric in that when she started talking to herself, I was like, oh, this is a cool, like, well, the first time she did it, right, we hear like this overlapping inner monologue, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is very much how my brain works in a creative yeah. situation where it's like me talking to myself. Yeah. So I could identify with that, but I do agree that like, um, so last night, although by the time this comes out, it will have been last week, um, Billy Jensen gave a talk with Payne Lindsay in Atlanta and I was in the second row because I was stupid early because I needed to be in the second row, not mm-hmm. the first row. That's too much pressure. Mm-hmm. Row two. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, he was talking about how the difference between like podcasting versus like being on TV is that yeah. they want you to recap every single thing because they don't trust the viewer to pick up on the nuance of like whatever you're saying. So like you come back from commercial break and the first two minutes are, okay, so here's what just happened. I thought it was really important to do this. Yeah. And I wrote, and just like you were saying, like it killed the suspense because I was like, there's no way this is the first moment you're realizing you're going to have to kill him. There's yeah. no way you realize that right then. Well, it's, it's, two th- it's two things. One, yeah, from a character level, it's she just kind of makes the jump right there to I'm going to kill him and I died fighting kind of thing, which is like I thought that part where she ran the email is super cool. But mm-hmm. I was like, Me too. It, I just, like that. It, it felt like she went from victim to like I'm going to get him really <laughs> quick see- instead of being a progression. And I then, don't. Th- I okay. Well, I. I mean, I disagree with that particular point. I made a note today as I was rewatching of how often she drives the act. Like she keeps taking steps to try and 
either get herself out of the situation or get himself out of the situation. Every sequence is driven by something she she's has done. She's super smart. Whether, yeah, yeah, whether it's the lipstick on the her. wall or her mm-hmm. climbing out, out under the yeah. porch or her climbing out onto the roof. Like, she keeps trying to do something. She's no, not she a passive has final girl. But I just yeah. agree, like, with what Mary Kay was saying. It's just that the fact that she just then was like, oh, and an option is I'm going to have to kill him. Like, I feel like that would be... I don't know, in that moment. It undercuts when you know, the character, right? If, if she didn't know what his motivation was, and he hadn't clearly said, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Which is pretty much it, what and he it's going to be fun for me. I'll then, come in whenever I want. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I think in that moment, she would have said, okay, well, then scaring him off is not going to work because he already knows what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, once she knows his motives, I feel like she would have made that decision. The second th- reason, though, I feel like the third act kind of messes up is that, and... I'm glad you haven't said it yet, but they didn't establish the convention of her having that inner dialogue. Right. Before. They showed Barely. it in the book because I read a, a few bit. things that are like, well, she d- is writing alternate endings for her book, but mm-hmm. she doesn't narrate up to that point mm-hmm. that I can think of. And she doesn't have a moment where well, she flashes and works through something. Here's my issue. First of all, she twice we experience, we, we twice we are exposed to her. It is set up that this is a creative experience that happens for her. This is something that her brain does. So she mm-hmm. says it to her friend, and then we see it happen when she's working on her endings. Yeah, Secondly, I... she, both times she expresses that it's something that is difficult for her to experience and she tries to avoid it, that she actually spends energy not doing this. I didn't this. pick up on that. I, I... Well, she says it to her friend that it's hard to shut the voices out. And her friend's like, well, whatever they're doing, like this is a good book. Then we see her like fizzle out on them right so she's she's getting the voices she's getting the voices and then she's like or i'm a shitty writer and and she starts looking for distractions so i I felt like it was already established that this is something that she spends time and energy like keeping at bay so then she lets it in in that moment of crisis so i didn't feel like it wasn't so i I mean i think they could have gone further with it i think they They could have have just done the beat a little bit better of like maybe when she's writing hearing hearing her voice Mm -hmm. when she's writing but again, but again, I just would have cut the talking to herself because the other, and the, there's a lot of reasons that scene breaks down for me, but it's just the idea too of it, what the movie does so well up to that point is show it, don't say it, which is the number mm-hmm. one screenwriting rule. And then in that, yes. and in that moment, it's like, it's like, I could run, I could do this, I could do that, or I could mm-hmm. kill him. And it's like, or I would have rather seen her, if they were going to establish the flashback, the flash forward thing earlier she would have had the flash forward mm-hmm. and be completely silent and then her maybe sign it with a subtitle of I'm going to kill him or something. But That'd again, be cool. It, just, yeah, I, I think it was like seeing her talk to herself that I was like, why? Yeah, like, I, it would I didn't be much more the, powerful the, to see you could it argue from like, her oh, perspective she's losing blood and hear it at the same maybe. time. Yeah, yeah and that, you know? so that's those are both things that I thought of. One that, like, well, if we've already seen that typically this is a, an auditory experience for her and one of the few like auditory experiences that she regularly has that she hears this internal voice that is her mom that talks her through these things then why do we need why are we seeing her that and i thought about that today that i was like oh she's she's not just like having this moment like she let the voices in and she's hallucinating like she's full-on she says like my vision is tunneling like i'm cold and i was like oh maybe that's what it is there is a way it could have been done where I think it could have worked. It's just that it comes out. Like, the first time I watched a movie, as someone that likes kind of the nihilistic, like, really dark endings, I was like, oh, they went there. 
after all this, she's going to get murdered. And I was like, I love it. You know what I mean? Like, it's so, like, gut-wrenching. And then it was like, when she opens her eyes, I was like, what in the world? Like, what is this? And then when it cuts into that, I was just like, there's no seed for this that's, like, a good enough reason to take it there. You know what I, I mean? I, a, I, I did like that she lived. I did like that she lived. But... I thought that that was a really cool moment when he's choking her and she stabbed him about it. That is a very suspenseful moment about like, is he going to bleed out first or is she going to suffocate first? Because we've already already made the sound design of that. And to a degree, I think that the convention is really well established because in that moment, although we see her from his perspective, sometimes it flashes to her perspective and we hear her heartbeat going slower yeah. I thought that was a really cool move. And when I was watching it, I was like, even though it kind of lost me during the, I'm going to talk to myself and explain to the viewer my mm-hmm. inner monologue, which I didn't need. Like they were showing it fine. I didn't need to be told that, yeah. um, like you said. But I did love that that scene, she wasn't hearing herself. The voices were quiet. Um, you were just hearing her heartbeat go slow and peter out. And then her breathing and when we get out of her perspective we hear that I actually think like as I'm talking through this if throughout throughout the movie we would have had like some voiceover stuff mm-hmm. coming in and out that would have been huge uh, like when she was huge. writing if she yeah. had heard the words while she's typing you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Like, been a, well, she's the only time we her see her friend. writing she yeah. does have she there is she hears That's it? really the only time mm-hmm. that we hear it. Yeah. yeah, when she's opening the wine in the beginning and while she's cooking, if she was reading it in her mind, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I just think so, yeah, that was probably a missed opportunity to further expand on the convention. Also, the, the name of the so game. much of this movie has like set up payoff, set up payoff, right? So the first mm-hmm. 10 minutes in that first sequence, we get planted pretty much everything that she's going, every object or element mm. that's going to turn out to be important or suspenseful. Um, and then there's things like, okay, so she ends up stabbing him while she's being choked. And the question yeah. is, will he bleed out faster than she goes unconscious? Mm-hmm. We've already, we've just seen the reverse of this scenario in which John is bleeding out while he is trying to strangle the killer. That's so true. I didn't even think about that. And then we have Very this cool reversal. Yeah. 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 So, um, it's uh, so there's a, there's a lot of that kind of setup yeah. payoff setup payoff set. Should we see her put down the corkscrew there? Yeah. And in that shot though, it quickly pans from like there's the corkscrew to the photo of her family. So it feels like yeah. the important thing here must be the family. And then yeah. later we remember where that corkscrew is when mm-hmm. she puts when uh, Sarah puts the phone in her pocket. Mm-hmm. We well, think, and I love- oh well, the important thing here is that we're seeing what it's like for these two people to communicate. She's putting yeah. the phone in her pocket because now that they're face to face and they're close enough, they can sign and talk to each other. But that ends up being important for other reasons right. later. Well, so. and even all the family photos sets up those flashes when she's seeing her life flash, mm-hmm. which I think is I thought was a cool thing of like, and I didn't notice it until this viewing, but like they emphasized all her visual memories. You know what I mean? Since right. she wouldn't she wouldn't have she like wouldn't the have typical like like most movies would do the flashback or someone sense. saying something important or I thought it was cool they just did flashes of images. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Would that scene where she's talking to herself have been different if for you guys, if in order to try and process the multiple endings, 
She had grabbed her laptop and laptop and tried to type through them. Ugh. I feel like that would get into cheese cheese zone mm-hmm. real quick. I'm just asking because that's what we've that's what we've seen. Up at that at that point in the movie, we've seen that this is something that she does when she's writing. So if she'd been like, I can't think until I'm writing, had she would that how would that be different? It for may, you? Maybe if she said something like that, but I feel like then it's like this thing of would anyone like would anyone under any logical circumstance be doing that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I don't feel like even if she was like, I only think when I'm ready, I don't feel like she would be like, okay, let me pop up my laptop and... Right. Well, well, that's what I'm asking is, so if... Yeah, what we've, I don't if think the, that would the, be good. Well, that's, that's what I'm asking is if the I, problem is that the only time we've seen it is when she's writing... Or maybe, you know then what would have been... What, what, what else would have to happen? So Mary Kay has pointed out that if there were like snippets of internal monologue at other points, that would yeah. be enough of a through line for her. What would be enough of a through line for you for her to have that moment? At that point in the movie, is there maybe, something? Maybe, maybe her initially flashing to like her book being published or something like that, like something where she's picturing very vividly something good happening. Or I don't know. I don't know exactly how it would. It just needed some some pre. It needed more grounding, right? I think enough would have just been her hearing it while she's writing the alternate endings, like mm-hmm. her just hearing her voice talking through it, like, "Oh, that's not going to work." And then later on, she's saying, mean, oh, that's not going to work. Do you mean not hear her hearing her voice when she's writing the alternate endings for her novel? I don't think we do. We do. Absolutely. Yeah, her voice goes I in and out. I think that's the only time. That is the only time we hear her voice before that scene where she's talking to herself. She says it out loud, though, right? No. Or she no. can't talk. She physically she, can't talk. Yeah, she's mute. Oh, that's right. So, no, no, no we're hearing... We're hear hearing it, what she is... saying it. We're Sorry. hearing what she is hearing oh, in yeah. her mind. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. But it still it's, wasn't enough for you, obviously, because yeah. I just yeah, I just know the vis- her seeing a visual so clearly was weird. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. That was weird. So anyway. I have another question about yeah. this. And this is kind of a nice uh, transition into this idea. But how did you guys feel about her disabilities portrayal in the film itself? Just like broad strokes. How did you? It felt real to me. The yeah. broadest, obvious stroke to me is that it would have been really meaningful to have a deaf actress play this role. Yeah, I thought about that. I too. understand that she wrote it, yeah. and that she and her husband created this whole thing, really, from ground up, created this project, and that's really impressive. And she does she does beautiful work in the film, but it's you know it's an opportunity that right. a deaf actress would rarely get and would love be yeah yeah would for. destroy and also be a valuable resource right in yeah. terms of being able to speak clearly to okay the, the, this element doesn't make sense or this moment doesn't so for example i thought it was super weird that she would live way out in the middle of nowhere and not have yeah. an adaptive doorbell that's i mean that's a pretty basic kind of safety and convenience thing she's got an adaptive smoke detector why wouldn't she have some way for someone to walk up to her door and let her know they're there right um so that when john gets there He's pounding on the door and shouting her name. And I was like, is he dumb? Don't make him dumb. I like this guy. Look how handsome also, he is. Also, don't show up unannounced. Always call or text no matter what, even if you live next door. Always, always, always. Because that's a good way to catch a bullet. Just showing up. Also, he may have texted. We have no idea. Old dude has. That's true. Creepy dude has her phone. <laughs> I mean, that's not wrong, but that made me dislike him immediately when he just showed up. Did you keep disliking him when he stayed pretty? 
because no. I did not. No, but I, 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 on principle, when people show up unannounced, do not answer. What if it's Amazon? What if it was me? Mm-mm. No one. Nope. No, I, I wouldn't show all up. the way there and was like, I'm here. Former no, boyfriends like, no. of mine have just shown up and I've been like, that's different. You couldn't text first. That's no, that's what I'm saying. She doesn't. She really doesn't like it any, any, any of the time. Is it None okay? What does it time. say about me as a person that that makes me want to do it? it so, nothing good, Eric. I'm a sociopath, honestly. right? <laughs> it means we need to wait for your I brain think to finish you cooking are a in a year or two, and you underestimate my level of anxiety oh. about unannounced guests. I think that's what it is. I think both of my parents are like that, where it's like. It doesn't take long to be like, hey, I'm in the neighborhood. I'm like two minutes away. Can I stop by? Plus, you guys know I live by myself. Like, don't do that. Um, Anyway, okay, as far as disability goes, yeah, I agreed with Mary that I thought it it was like a missed opportunity. Um, I didn't think about the adaptive doorbell. I thought it was a cool representation. Um, But I also was like... uh, so if with the screenplay the way it's written, you could not have a mute actress play it because she talks to herself. However, with the rewrites that we've suggested, <laughs> one could. <laughs> well, right and I, it's it's notable that they make the. I, I think they have taken some steps in there to address the fact that the way we've chosen to do this, we are going to use a hearing actress, and that that so that you know she can speak to herself, but also no, it's not we are wrong. Told, it's yeah, just we are like, told that nice. she hears her mother's voice, and I was like, or. And I thought this at the time. I was like, if she just mm-hmm. doesn't see herself in that scene, if all she does is hear, right? Then there's no reason you couldn't have used a deaf actress for this role, right? Start to finish. If all she ever right. does is hear, because we're never going to hear her voice, right. and whatever voice we hear, once she tells us, it's my. She tells us before we ever hear it, it's my mom. Yeah. It's not me. I um, did also remember that too, being like, well, that's not your mom. That's you. Well, I mean, she wouldn't know, right? Yeah, but we do. Uh, yeah, no, but I mean that I kind of. For me, that that little bit of juxtaposition was kind of nice. That like the voice that she hears as a grown up is coming out of her body at this point. Not that she thinks it's her voice; she knows that's what her mother sounded like. But in this moment when she's rallying herself, I was like, "Oh, all that that works for me fine." But what would have worked for me better would have been casting an actress who is deaf or hearing impaired, and just cutting that bit of it, that tiny bit of visual. It's all you had to do. Yeah, for sure. To make that work. I would have liked that as well. Um, should we move on to body horror? It was gorier than I expected uh, based on that first, like, ten minutes. I was like, ooh, kind of slow burny, thrillery, mind gamey maybe. Oh no, gross. That is a bloody ass body just being slammed up against this glass <laughs> door over and over. Oh, that was my. one of the most jarring scenes for me is when her neighbor is like, hear me hear me and i was like oh my god that was like eric when you were saying earlier like the first act is the scariest that was i mean home invasion is really scary to me too like there's a reason and i've said this on the podcast before but there's a reason why i picked this apartment and it's because it has two routes of egress yes (laughs) so if someone's coming in one way i'm going out the other um but that part was really scary because I felt like she had so many windows in her house. Like most of her walls were windows on the on yeah. the ground floor, which is beautiful um, in that environment. I'm sure right. it's lovely. But I also think like because she can't hear, it makes sense that she'd want to be able to see through the walls of her house. 
But it's nighttime, bitch, and you have your blinds open. But she's in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? I mean, I understand that, and yet (laughs) my blinds are, it's 730 right now Mm -hmm. in Atlanta, and my blinds are fucking closed. (laughs) Yeah, but you're in Atlanta. Okay, bitch. Yeah, I live near the hood. Okay. No, I meant like you were just in, a, in an environment where if people might like actually a, walk you're by like your a home. city environment versus yeah. being. Yeah, if you live but in the woods, the you're like, oh, there's a bear. City. You're not worried about like a home invasion as much. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and yet I have lived in the country and I always close the blinds, always lock the doors. Because here's the thing about living in an apartment in the city you have two routes of egress, and a neighbor is very, very close to me. Yeah. In the country, that's not the case. And I get, like, maybe if you have never lived in the city, you don't think about yourself mm-hmm. like prey. But she but, has. But she has. Because and Max, she does. Max because she's so, she thinks on home. her toes. She's just not preventative. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that could be a function of a number of things, but Max says point blank that she has lived in the city before and asks her right. to come back. So this is an unusual environment for her. But I mean,. Also, isn't that fucking terrifying when the intruder is like, Mm -hmm. he quotes her sister to Mm -hmm. her verbatim? I was like, ugh. Oh, yeah. I think, Uh, um, that first sequence, that first 10 minutes sets up so much really smoothly. There's a lot of exposition that doesn't feel like exposition because it's established that like, like, okay, Sarah is saved from her phone as Sarah from next door. Not with her last name, not with just her first right. name. She needs a little bit of context, which means they haven't known each other that long. Right. But then we see them together and realize, oh, they're very friendly. They're getting close. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of yeah. warmth and familiarity here. Uh, it sets up the meal she's cooking. That's an adventurous meal. Mm-hmm. Even for someone who already cooks very well, that's an adventurous meal. So we, we quickly get the sense that, like, this is a woman who, like, who tries stuff, who gets big ideas, who isn't afraid of, of doing something impressive or intimidating. Um, we quickly establish the, re- the relationship between her and Sarah. We quickly establish um, with the corkscrew, the cat, the smoke alarm, the way her cloud functions. Um, and that, like all this stuff, Craig, all this stuff that comes into play later um, and is important they just line up so smoothly in those first 10 minutes without it ever feeling like you're getting clobbered with yeah with exposition, exposition and yeah. that's really well done that that's a yeah. really challenging thing and to that's do. why i think the first act is so strong is that it's all visual like there is exposition like seeing text is a pretty basic way to do exposition but you almost accept it more because you're like you have to because that's you, you how understand, she understand you understand that's how she would communicate exactly you know what right. I mean so yeah the 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 direction in the first three fourths is super super strong on the show it show it show it show it mm-hmm. it never mm-hmm. it never clobbers you with like yeah you know maybe you could say like the fire alarm but even that is like the way that they joke about it feels very natural right yeah like the, you know the experience mean? is pretty pretty normal like. I, like a person is cooking, they yeah. fuck it up a bit. The smoke alarm goes off. It just happens that her smoke alarm is. Yeah, I did laugh when the house was full alarm. of like gray smoke, and she's like, "It's my fire alarm." And I was like, "Okay, well that part we know." <laughs> so <laughs> right. we could have skipped to this well, so loud she, um, it vibrates to wake me up. That yeah. first act is split pretty, pretty evenly between yeah. the first sequence, which is like 
get to know Maddie, and the second sequence, which is get to know the murderer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we get to see in that second 10 minutes, the 10 minutes, 10 to 20, um, how he's operating and what his motivations are. And that's also established really tightly that like, yeah, this is supposed to be fun for him. He, he could easily have just opened the door and stab, 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 stabbed immediately. (laughs) And he didn't, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted to torture her. Exactly. Like this is fun. I mean, he's a huge fucking coward. On yeah. top of being a monster, and mm-hmm. you know, in video game, like so, gamers will like complain about how oh, at the upper levels of the game, I was overpowered; it wasn't fun anymore, right? Yeah, they could just kill anything that came at them because they had such great gear, such great armor; like it didn't matter. This dude is overpowered like hell. Yeah, he's not actually looking for any kind of fight or any kind of chase or anything. It's about already he's playing with his prey. Yeah, like yeah. he's like a fucking cat. Mm-hmm. Like, flinging around a thing that's already helpless to him. He's he's not... There's no, like... But it's clear from the way he comports himself and what he's carrying. Like, he has a crossbow and a knife. Look at the way he's dressed. He thinks of himself as a hunter, and the second yeah. he's confronted with anything challenging... Yeah. He just then goes skittering off. Like he, he He fights unfairly. Mm-hmm. So, just like you said, over... What did you say? Over Overpowered. Prepared. Overpowered. Over, overpowering. He is not overpowered, but he has too well, much gear. It, I was saying in gaming, yeah. you say I'm overpowered, right? Am I crazy? Okay. Am I mis- I don't know. I'm not a Eric, gamer. Eric, do you play video games? Oh, man. Okay, when well, When I don't... say I am overpowered, it means I have been overpowered. Yes, grammatically, so. that, is, grammatically that is correct. And I... I think she's saying, like, he's bringing too much power. No, like, I got it. He, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a, a machine gun to a knife fight. It's, yeah, a re- it's, a real, it. it's a real word that has been... No, I believe ...is you. deliberately been, misused yeah. in gaming circles. It's like when you say irregardless, but you mean regardless. You're such an author right now. Thank You're you. You're misappropriating that word. I, <laughs> no, but I, but I do want to share right quick, because we've gotten really analytical and have made any jokes in a long time. <laughs> Yesterday, go. my editor told me that... My manuscript was, and this is a direct quote, the most insane thing I've ever read. And it was so flattering that I almost cried, like, on the phone with her. And I wrote it down. That's like the kind of poll quote you put on the front of the book. Well, we were talking about body horror, but I I wanted to swing back really quick to to him being overpowered Mm -hmm. or packing too much power but I was gonna say I've I've noticed in the last year like one of my favorite I don't know if it's a subject but one of my favorite character types to see on screen is that like the the really like kind of the small man syndrome to the extreme Mm -hmm. yeah you like like an underdog story well no (laughs) I do everybody does but I'm saying like with, with villains particularly where the villain is like the underdog that's just like like he's a he's a little guy trying to be intimidating, and he is until he's like in I've the never dated amount. that guy before. <laughs> but but like so for example like um like Tarantino's Death Proof like Kurt Russell's character in that the minute he faces any resistance he collapses, and like same thing with Revenge like the villain in that movie, even though he's in good physical shape, is a total sissy the minute he gets any kind of fight back. And I like seeing, and, and this is another one of my, it's not a dislike of the movie because it was a choice that they made, but I almost wish we could have gotten the extreme, like almost once upon a time in Hollywood kind of comeuppance for 
mm-hmm. this guy after all the crap he does. Mm-hmm. I wish we could have seen him get bashed around a little bit more. You wish she, she would have tortured him? Yeah, because just it's... Just a little bit? Just a little bit, like, because it's he kind of gets an easy, like, you know... Quick death. stab, and I'm dead. Yeah. And, and I wish he could have got a little bit of each thing he'd done. I'm pretty you know sure his I mean? patella was severed from the rest of his knee. Well, yeah. But, and but also She should have poked it or something. She shoved a hammer <laughs> through his entire forearm. Okay. If but, anything, this dude know, might be... Might more. be... My, I don't know what this dude is like on or doing, but his pain tolerance is extraordinary. Yeah. Given that she would be pumped full of adrenaline because like she thinks she's gonna die. If he doesn't think he's gonna die, like, I guess actually maybe the first injury did pump him full of adrenaline and now he's fine. Who knows? I I just want to make fun of him real quick because I know that this is not like he ends up taking off the mask because she's like I didn't see your face, I'm not gonna snitch, and then he takes off the mask. Which is like, ugh, next level creep. Hubris. However, boo. Boo, hubris. We've been there, done that 4,000 years ago. Get over it, Odysseus. We're fine now. Um, ugh, he wishes he were Odysseus. He wishes he was Odysseus. He wishes he had nymphs and witches and shit being like, you should come through with all of your friends. Just like on the way home, just like come through. Oh <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> You're so funny. I won't keep you long. Just like 10 or 12 years. It's going to be so fun, though. Listen. And then I'm going to turn all your men into pigs. It's because... It's just... It's just it's you just shouldn't have been talking shit. You shouldn't have been talking shit to Poseidon. Here this whole thing could have been avoided. A couple things. First of all, um, he wishes he were Odysseus because he wants to be special. He wants to be the fucking chosen one. He wants to be the fucking hero of his cycle. He is not. Anyway. Um, secondly... Um, he should have been talking shit all the time. I literally made a list of all the moments that he fucked himself over. Mm-hmm. And more than half of them are just him, like, running his mouth. That if he just hadn't been, like, evil hero or villain monologuing. Mm-hmm. Bond villain kind of diatribe yeah, being like, here's he what I'm going to do to you. And Thank you for letting context- me know, because now that I know all of that shit, I can avoid it. Thank you. And in the context of the movie, it makes sense, because these are all moments where, right. from his perspective, it looks like he's already he's gonna safe. Win. He's mm-hmm. fine. He already won it, in his mind, yeah. Right. But it sets him up every time. First of all, he made a big-ass mistake in that when he is listening to that conversation with Max... He doesn't know what uh, Maddie is saying. For all he knows, she's signing. There's someone in my house. Call nine one one. Like that was a that was his first bad move. Stay back. Stay out of the way while that's going on. Wait and read the situation before you get anywhere closer because you have no idea what she is saying. Secondly, um, he he does his old like he he just keeps like mumbling. John almost kills him. Because he's running his mouth and he's trying to play games. Like, it's the least believable cover story ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. Yeah, he's dressed like a creepy stalker. And he's like, I'm, I'm a deputy. The, I'm the police. Look at my barely. blood. I'm a deputy, barely. <laughs> yeah, Damn. deputies are totally um, known to have dressed massive Dressed in tach- plain clothes with plain no with- car. Yeah, a deputy would yeah. never be. Why would they be in plain clothes with, their, with a tattoo half the way up their head? That was my thing that I was going to say. You're going to wear a mask and not cover your neck tattoo. Does that seem like the smartest thing to do? Mm-hmm. Um, what was the goriest thing to you guys? When what was, like, the her, scariest When he took body? the neighbor's corpse and was tapping on the window with it? 
I mean, that was really disturbing to me. I mean, <laughs> That's pretty yeah, gross. yeah, probably goriest. I mean, for me, like I wrote in the show, the not show notes, but in our notes together, like about arteries being my no-no, and I've noticed that too. Is like there's, there's something so simple and quick about it. Like I felt like the scariest moment in the movie is when it's John, right? That comes the neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think when, so. Yeah. When he stabs him and he tells him, he's saying like. It's over. It's already over. Like, there's something scary to me that, like, there's certain parts of our body with, like, a little hole, and it's that, over. That's the whole game. Like, well, that's I don't why, like that. That's why I love the corkscrew moment, because it's it's exactly it's what he did to shoving it back to in John. his face, like. And you can hear that, like, at first I was like, why isn't there more blood? And then when I could hear him breathing, I was like, oh, because it's... It's in. Yeah. He's aspirating it. It's just like, way he's... more disturbing. You know what? I will... Well, I'll wait for this, actually. I'm going to wait. I my thing was the hand, when her hand got yeah. stomped to high hell. I was like, oh, this bothers me. To look at. <gasps> have you have you seen Green Room? So much. Mm-mm. Oh, there's a good hand trauma moment. Okay, but if <laughs> I just told you that okay. I don't, so this hand bothered it's me more way worse than when than she that. was literally like, eating her sister's finger in raw. Did it this... bother you more than when she chopped off her hand in perfection? Yes. No, that. Oh, I'm gonna start. Yeah, well, because the per- by the hand chopping imperfection is such a final moment, and you also don't spend a lot of time with Spoiler it. Spoiler right? alert! Like, boom, moving on. Oh, oh yeah. we've already done I an episode about it. That. It's fine. <laughs> or don't. Like, you should listen to our show. You should always. be regular listeners. God, I'm just. I'm sorry. You're Hubris right. You cut it. again with. We it. should not. <laughs> Come again whenever you want. That's the thing, though. This little fucker ain't Odysseus, bitch. I am Odysseus. I'm Athena, so without me, you can't do shit, mortals. Mm-hmm. I sprang out his fucking One time head. when I was teaching the Odyssey, oh, this is one of my favorite classes of all time. Like, the collection of students that I had in this class was just unstoppable. However, I was teaching the Odyssey, and I was like, okay, who would you guys cast as Athena? And they were like, Angela Bassett. And I was like, perfect, brilliant. We're done here. Okay, bye, everyone. Like, Quick, get out before you disappoint me. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Because. Um, yeah, that is flawless. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Um, yeah, no, it, I mean, speaking to the perfection, it, we don't even see the aftermath of the mm-hmm. amputation. That's whereas true. There's here, no gore there. Yeah, whereas here, that is, that is the visual. Is the, like, we hear the act and then we see the aftermath and it is well i don't know if it's just because i i'm i've broken like all of my toes on separate occasions i don't know like i but it just oh that was hard for me that was hard for me to look at it was just all shaped wrong did you see it it was all shaped wrong it looked like <laughs> you a need to watch anemone. you need to watch green room i'm gonna send you some clips because there's some hands, there's some messed up hands. It's gonna be very good. I'm gonna, I may not open those, those links. Okay. What shall we talk so, about next? So, uh, what else was scary <laughs> about this movie to you? Um. Uh, what uh, you? The the big the one thing that was scary for me that I, I noticed the second time, and I don't know. It, it scared me that, like, when it cuts back from John to her up in the attic 
trying to figure out the crossbow Mm -hmm. is like there's this thing of like she doesn't know that there's hope even there like even if the police were there and killed him she could be sitting in that attic for hours thinking and the other thing that's scary about that to me too just the idea i mean obviously it's scary that she can't hear what's happening but there's also that thing of like like we have creaky floors in our apartment and i always think about like i always think about because i'm always trying to put piper to sleep and then i'm like creaking and try to step over and it's like she doesn't know how much noise she's making or if she's doing something that's giving that's herself so away. That's so true. I thought about that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. like she she could be making she could be breathing too hard. She wouldn't know. Right. Like, and it's stuff right. where it's like that. That freaked me out. Is just that that lack of awareness kind of hit yeah. home a little harder. Outside of the obvious, like she can't cry out for help or right. hear if someone's asking something. Like it was scary to me. She like could be she giving doesn't herself know. away in that yeah. way. Am yeah. I giving myself away? Are the police here? Is it a friend well, that's here? Is it him? I, I thought about that for a quiet place too. Right. Like when the little girl who's hearing impaired, she's mm-hmm. like making some noises and she doesn't know. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think um, that's part of the reason the, the smoke detector feels like an, it, it's an obvious payoff, but it can be satisfying because she identifies that this is a huge advantage that he wouldn't normally have. And then in that moment, especially because she's already deprived him of his sight, depriving him of his hearing even that much makes such a big difference. She she kind of levels the playing field between the two of them. And almost more than levels because it puts into perspective just how, how elegantly she functions deprived of this advantage that he has and how shockingly helpless he is. With no crossbow... With no sight and just a real loud noise. He's he's basically, even though he's holding a butcher's knife, he's basically useless. Yeah, I want to talk about too how the two men that show up to try to, they don't even try to rescue her, but the viewer kind of hopes that they're going to are just red herrings. Like John shows up and we're like, yeah, fucking linebacker's going to come in and save the day. And then he gets, he figures it out too late. You know, because um, linebackers are probably not the thing used is, to thinking like, I actually, tri- like prey. So I think he figured it out quickly. Pretty quickly. He was just, yeah. He was being strategic. Like he but has still too late. St- he just like didn't at the, his exact strategic moment. She intervenes and that's. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, so that part. And then I also thought the ex-boyfriend was going to come back in, mm-hmm. but he didn't. So that was. Which they set like that, that up pretty like strong that. to be like, oh, well, yeah. we're going to see her get bothered for 40 minutes. And then there will be that moment where he shows up and gives her that opportunity to get away. Right. But mm-hmm. that never happens. It's just something I mean, that. Yeah. And she even predicts like my boyfriend's coming home. Like that's one of yeah. the things she writes on the window. Oh, yeah. I thought that was just a straight up ruse that she was like. Mm. I, d- I, I think it was of the character. But it sets up the viewer to be like, oh, he's going to come up. He's going to come. Yeah. And then he doesn't. He's useless. Surprise. I mean, if they've broken up, then like. It didn't seem like the breakup was a bad thing, though. Like they were still. He was still in her phone. Like she thought about calling him back. It's been almost a year. She did call him back twice. Don't do that, girl. 
<laughs> yeah, that, that's why I was like, um, it's True probably horror. good that he didn't get an answer and was <laughs> like, no, you know thing, what? Right? I'm staying out of the way. She the called me twice. The scariest thing in this up. movie to me was like, she was so lonely that she went back to her it's, ex. <laughs> it's, it's the horror of a relationship with an ex-boyfriend set against the backdrop of a casual inconvenience with a murderer in the woods. You know oh what gosh. I mean? Eric, that's so true because if he showed up and saved the day, she would be obligated to get back together with him. Maybe even get married like the next weekend. Elopement. And I don't know, Craig. I'm definitely transferring here. Definitely projecting. Am I the only one the first time I watched it when he took off the mask after it said my boyfriend's coming that he was her ex-boyfriend? Am I the only one that thought Considering that we saw her ex-boyfriend and he's black? Yeah. Yeah, you're the only one. <laughs> I well, didn't no. think it was him either. <laughs> I thought it was like I thought it was like someone she knew, like a like an ex or like a current or some boyfriend. Oh, no, I didn't. I feel like that would be it would be definitely easier for me to uh okay, here's what here's the unrevised version that I almost just let out of my mouth. It would Do definitely it. be easier for me to predict how to kill an ex-boyfriend than it would be a stranger. Well, yeah. Well, sure. You know what it's they're a person you know. Yeah. That's not. You that's, know what? You know their mo. You know what they're thinking. You know like which it, crazy leaps and intuitive, or which crazy intuitive leaps their logic in this is going to take. Tell, tell us how you thought about killing your exes, each one oh, no, by name and how. Woo! No, I have. I've only had nightmares about them murdering me as a child. So oh, I haven't had any fantasies about killing any exes. I don't think. So Probably the no production elements were pretty good on this movie, huh? What? <laughs> the production <laughs> elements in the movie. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, Eric, cut that part. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about her, about what sound means for the characters, but what sound is actually like for us. Yeah. Experiencing the movie is really different. And the vast majority of the sound in this was done in post. Like It wasn't happening live in the space. It's very... I think it's very one, good. One, like I think, it's, it's really I think it shows because it isolates a lot of sounds. Like when she's standing out to call on the cat and she shakes the bowl. Like yeah. there's no ambient noise from the woods. It's just that shaking noise because that's what hmm. she knows is how, ha- you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I didn't think about that, but it totally makes sense that you would as a sound engineer. Yeah. Like, like yeah. all the sounds that you hear are pretty much isolated. Like dialogue yeah. is kind of isolated. Like the fire alarm is obviously kind of isolated. There is well, stuff that, that comes out but it's for the most part it's there's not a lot of music it's just here's the sound of that moment Mm -hmm. and then my favorite thing is when they fade that out and it shows you her disadvantage like Mm -hmm. that like okay here the audience you have all this information and then and it's silent she has no and that that moment that 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 first like couple of moment minutes of the film where we have that experience the sound was also really heightened like it's not if you were standing in the room with this character, you wouldn't hear the sizzle. You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't hear the noises the way that we are hearing them as we watch the movie. And where you see some, so that we've got like that much in. more. Yeah, we got that much more kind of space to come away from it, and it's that much more dramatic to hear it go away. But it, it it's almost entirely done in post. They also had to do a bunch. They had to rewrite a bunch of the action because once they found this location, it's a, it's a real house shaped this way. Right. They had to imagine living there after they make a movie like this. No. Well, nobody actually died. It's just playtime. Um, I know, but then, but then, then I would be worried about the meta. Like the person that's obsessed with the movie wants to reenact the movie at the actual house. Yeah. No, 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 I'm okay. 
Well, um, they had to rewrite a bunch of it to fit the shape of the house. That makes and sense. What made, yeah, what made sense for where the doors were, where the windows were, all that kind of stuff. I think we hit the rest of these production elements earlier, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think okay. we could get into tropes pretty easily. Because there's something do it. I want to bring up. Do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to um, step away to refill my glass. Eric, please, um, you know, cut this part where you can hear me moving around and peeing into a cup. Um, peeing, really. It's I know, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really peeing in a cup. Okay, so. I think maybe you should keep it now that we've explained the joke. So, <laughs> so something that did surprise me the first time I watched it, and it surprised me this time too, is there, I feel like there's obviously, like anytime it's a male and a male attacker and a female victim Mm -hmm. there's a there's an underlying threat of like rape yep but it's weird to me especially and i'm going to be sexist against guys but like typically in movies home invasion movies directed by men Mm -hmm. there is a rape sequence yep and um and I, I thought was afraid it was, of that too. And I thought it was really interesting. Like, obviously, there's some of that. Like, I can come in any time I want. It's very rapey language. It is. Yes. But it. But it's, he never it's says invasive like, and I'm dominating, going to rape you and it's all I'm the things rape in. actually is, without being sex. Yeah, and obviously, like breaking into someone's house is a violation. That, mm-hmm. you know. But but I just thought it was interesting that they they kind of subvert that expectation that. A yeah. guy shows up to a girl who's living far away from people, living alone. I mean, like, I can come in whenever I want, do whatever I want. Like, and the first time I watched it, like, especially where she goes to treat her wound and she starts removing clothes, I was like, he's going to be in there. There's going to be some moment. And I mm-hmm. thought it was interesting they didn't do that. Um, but then I also, but like, they still keep the trope of the final girl penetrating the attacker. Like, mm-hmm. she could have choked him out. She could have done all this stuff. But I but thought it would. But like she, she stabbed him penetrates in the him. Yes. You know what I mean? And so I just thought it was interesting that they, because I know she talked about like the kill the pet is subverted in the mm-hmm. notes. Like I was thinking like that's a huge subversion is like a home invasion that doesn't have any right. any implication of actual rape or assault in that sense. Yeah. But then still has him get the comeuppance of something penetrating him. Because that's yeah. typically like a well, Friday Thirteenth. It's Jason gets a machete, or right. you know what I mean, or, or, or Freddy gets the glove, yeah. or a chainsaw, right. you Absolutely. know. And so I thought it was. I just thought that was really interesting, and I think I, I did not notice that. That uh, is such a smart observation. Yeah, and yeah. He, I mean, because yeah. the whole time he is wielding like every weapon means something. Like he's using arrows and knives, totally. and mm-hmm. and that's his means of killing. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that that would turn on him, but it's just interesting. Like he kind of gets screwed, actually, if you really think about it. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I love that the final girl this time is right. like the final girl from the beginning. Like she's always yeah alone. Well, and she and she's not like and she she's wasn't not... like other characters come in and out, but rather than the like winnowing down. It kind of like we get like quick detours where like Sarah's yeah. there, but then she's gone. But then oh my god, Sarah comes back. Oh, she's already dead. Yeah. And then we and get I John, like, but only they, for a minute. And like I, I thought that was that was fun uh, to me. And that, she like, makes mistakes, but she doesn't feel the trope that a lot of Final Girl characters come into is they're boring or dopey. And I feel like she does make mistakes where she's it's enough where she's human, but like there's never a moment where someone's stealing her moment of strength. So like. Mm-hmm. There's never, 
there's never the truck that comes to pick her. Like, like the threat is completely taken care of from start to finish by her. Yeah. Like, there's everything no else just prolongs that. You know, so yeah. she's a really strong final girl. Because she's right. not, most final girls, it's like, they're virginal, boring, right. bookish. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that no. as a negative... American. No, yeah, I mean, no, like they, I said, they're that I said, way. They're in kind flat of way. bookish, yeah. but you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. I like that she has character and she has a personality. She's funny. She's she's obviously adventurous and smart, and she's not just like she's not a placeholder for victimhood. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, yes, she she yes. she definitely makes mistakes. I would too, because I've never been in that situation. Right. But, not all of us are prepared for a yeah. survival situation. So like, like, is it her fault that even those John, of us that want to be aren't actually? Come on. Right. Yeah. Like, is it her fault that John gets killed? Yeah, but like, I probably would have got John killed in the same exact circumstance. Same. You know what I mean? Because she doesn't know what's happening. Already. The only difference right. between me and her is I probably would have got killed at the end. I probably wouldn't have got the moment. <laughs> so. yeah. I mean, I probably would have gotten killed. Way sooner. sooner. Way earlier. Sure, like, Way I'd sooner like to for me. Think you, you take a look at your hand and just have... jump off the roof. That's pretty. But I think is, I, I think <laughs> that this is one of those moments. So her her disability and her environment interact in a really interesting way, and in that she it is likely she is actually set up to survive because when he realizes that she can't hear him, he yeah. decides to back off and play with her differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of just walking in and being like, hee hee, fun times now. Um, do, you, do you think he didn't know about her disability before? She, I felt like he already knew because like he let her get to the door. No, no, he but found he, out no, when he his on first victim went running and pounded on the door for a minute. Yeah. And she didn't respond. I yeah. think he found out. But the, okay. that, that was one of those great moments that tells us a lot about him, right? He has yeah. this woman pinned to the door, is stabbing her over and over and over and over until she crumbles to his feet. And then he looks up at the door, like through and the door. And taps the glass. At, yeah. And taps the glass like he doesn't know she can't hear. No, like at a that cat point, it's just at a, him. At a mouse, he's, pretty much. Now he's just like, I think I oh, I'm going to have fun. This is going to be fun for oh, me. Oh, now I'm a what badass. A, what a, She's yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. I'm... I'm so strong and powerful. What an exciting moment for me to crossbow a woman who can't hear me. Like, come on, fucking hell. I'm gesturing very wildly, but you can't see it and making me upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked the kill the pet subversion because I'm an animals person. And it was really, I was nervous about bitch coming back the whole time because I set that up in the first 10 minutes. Oh, the cat. They have a friendly relationship, but she has this funny name. And the name bitch, and the way she describes the cat, implies that, like, it causes trouble. Yeah. So I was waiting for it to come back. And then when it did, I was like, oh, no. Oh, poor <laughs> fluffy cat. You're going to be strung up somewhere or gutted or whatever. And instead, it yeah. ended up with him being gutted, which was, you know. Very frankly, nice. Frankly, the dream. The cat lives <laughs> and the dude dies. That sounds like my life right now. Yeah. That sounds perfect. I mean, there's so, two cats in the room with me right now, so I'm, you know. That's why you're talking all polite, because they'll they attack can't. you from behind. <laughs> I don't want them to know Right. how I feel. They can't. Uh, so what are the tropes? Alone in the woods. Mary Kay, you know what this house reminded me of? The house in Douglasville, where yep. everyone lived every year? I, I mean that in a good way, generally, <laughs> in that, like, the, the, the windows and the beautiful surroundings, like, it... it 
And the have, bonfires that fucking raged and were super loud and tall and definitely were not. Like, we Eagle. did not have a permit to do any of that no, shit. No, that, that was like, but we had a mayor prom there and that was funny. That was a weird and wild time. And you had the, a what there? A mayor prom. Oh, yeah, that was wild. Yeah. A, a mayor prom? A mayor prom. So we were in a mayor and we just married everything that we did. Mm-hmm. And we, at the end of the year, we threw a prom. We made the playlist while sitting in the deli section of Kroger. This is accurate. It's a lot of Beyonce. Spoiler alert. Some Usher. Right, a lot of Luda, Missy. Yes. We, we went with, like, what did we all love in middle school? And then right. that was the theme. That was the well, whole the theme. Well, the theme was uh, Mafia. It was a Mafia-themed American prom. prom. Yeah. All right. That but sounds right up your alley. We like we like role played though. Like I was like the mafiosa's like spoiled daughter on a date, like date <laughs> that my dad didn't know about with my bodyguard. She was Sofia Coppola in The Godfather Three. That's who she was. Wow, that's the most insulting thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's who you dressed up as, not who oh, you yeah. were. I, I still have that dress. It's hanging in my closet right now. I believe it 100%. It's an amazing dress. Like blue sequin halter, like a big bow or like flower or something. And it like looked a kind of huge... like a quinceanera dress. It did. If a quinceanera dress were so short that they would never let, let you leave the house wearing it. Right. Like your parents yes. would never let you leave the house. Yeah. So can I just say this? The... <laughs> yeah, get us back on track. Because I don't know what to add to the prom dress conversation. The, uh, That's your own fault, but okay. The uh, the cops rolling in yeah. after the threat's resolved, that's pretty common, too, in a lot of horror movies. They show up when there's all the work's already done. But, <laughs> but can I just say I a million percent don't buy the response time to that area. I know. I feel like she would have bled out and died, and then, like, four hours later, a single deputy would roll in and be like, what seems to be the problem? Right. And, and there'd be a real a, piece of work. Yeah. It was all white people, so maybe the cops are faster. I don't know. Yeah. That would have been a very, like, Night of the Living Dead. I, that's what I was hoping. Yeah. was like, because I liked the idea of the, the moment of, like, I died fighting. And I was kind of like, I kind of wanted to have that. Like, the, oh, I died fighting. Because that's kind of a cool end to that ending. story. It's her ending that I she mean, wanted, yeah. I didn't yeah. buy that she didn't die. I mean, I didn't assume that she didn't die. Like, maybe she, she was kind of like with her eyes closed, just kind of like that place of like acceptance and she seems mm-hmm. even proud, like, like, I did it, I did it, I did it. Here's They're a here. fan theory. Maybe she was flashing forward to what could happen if the cop showed up and the cat was okay. What if it was one of her little alternate ending moments? Mm, that's an interesting and idea. And she was really dead. No, they've already that's shown us that they don't do that. that like when, they, when she flashes forward, they show us what actually is going on. I know. Okay. okay. <laughs> Eric's like, just let me have this. <laughs> no, no. Okay. I mean, I, I agree that the cops seem to show up really quickly, but I also don't know how much time like passed seconds. in between the two. I, I don't, we don't know how much time is meant to have passed in between those two mm. events. It, it could be that it's already been 10 minutes by the time she makes... It takes her 10 Maybe. minutes to go from the bathroom to the... Or from the from the living room to the, the porch like that. Um, and also she could just be like, you know, about to die. Maybe she'll die anyway. What's What should our closing question be? 
Um, would how would your, you torture what would your, it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was going to say, what would your Apple Notes message be? Oh, my like gosh. Your, like your death note? Mm-hmm. But Mine you're like, would be... <laughs> not suicide note, but you're like, I killed that fucker note. Um, it, If it was me and her exact situation where she wrote it, it would just be gobbledygook, panic, frantic, just gibberish, and no one would ever be able to decipher. I don't think I'd have a good message. I always like the old, the gold is buried in the... Because then you go out with an ultimate joke. I think mine would be, just for the sake of the joke, I don't know what I would actually do, but the first joke punchline that came to mind was yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. So I think I'm just going to stick with that. What about you, Mary? If I'm being funny, I feel like I might admit to something I never actually did so they could never find evidence of it. Nothing, like, actually terrible that harmed other people. Just some, like... Yeah, just some, like, alternate life. No, not, not even, like, a terrible crime. Just, like, some alternate life or reality that, like... You're just going like, to waste the cop's time. I am the, the one who time. put the thumbtack in the teacher's <laughs> chair in fourth grade. That? Yeah, I mean, maybe a little <laughs> bigger than that. But, like, something, like, similarly, like... Yeah, like, even if you follow up on this, there'll be no way to prove or disprove it. And it's just, like, not even... Like, like why a nail. Would you, the only reason anyone would do that is that, that like, I died and they cared about it. Mm-hmm. So then yeah. I would be able to see from the afterlife who cared. <laughs> right. Love it. Yeah, it'd be like... I've secretly recorded 20 episodes cats. of everything trying to kill you. And it's hidden them. on a hard drive in this house. <laughs> like something that dumb, but it's like the time they would spend. Like then from the afterlife, I could see who actually cared about what I've ever done. <laughs> They're trying to find them all. <laughs> That's funny. So, Mary... So, um, what are we going to do next? Up next, we have um, a movie that neither Mary Kay nor I have ever seen. Um, you may have heard of it. It's only been one of the most prevalent pop culture jokes for the last 20 years. It's a single white female. Woo! And our guest half will be... and half. <laughs> our single white Mary. female <laughs> episode... Uh, we'll be coming up soon with the guest, Anna Dresen. If you have not heard that name before, please immediately take to Twitter and you'll realize that you've retweeted you her do a know bunch her. of times. She's uh, one of the writers for SNL. She is brilliant. She is funny. She has a book uh, called How, we Me- How May We Hate You um, with Todd Briscoe. Uh, it's uh, brutal and truly hysterical uh skewering of working in the hospitality industry um she also has a new podcast out she does with andrew Andrew farmer if you have seen any of the and dowd as every villain videos that you have seen (laughs) andrew farmer truly at his best um i they're both so smart and so funny and wonderful and they have a new podcast called spooky stories to tell on the pod or scary stories Excuse me. You might have to fix me there, Eric. I think it's scary stories to tell on the pod. Yeah. It's um, really funny, too. It's really good. Um, so uh, look forward to hearing us chat with Anna, uh, the delight of all mankind. And uh, thank you and for listening. thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and tell two friends. And Eric... 
This was a delight. I'm so glad that you could come on as our guest again. Thank you so much. Same here. I'm excited to edit this episode. And now I have to watch Single White Female. Well, you know, just don't let us say anything too stupid. Apparently last episode I said a bunch of incorrect things. And I've been getting called out on Twitter a lot. And it's it's breaking my spirit. At least they're talking. Or at least the one person. You're creating a conversation. Right. You know what? He, he has been nothing but supportive. He offered to, like, gift with the Magi with me. He did. So... Thank you. you I appreciate it. Are. I don't want to call you out loudly because um, you know who I don't you know are. how you feel about your privacy. But. Well, this was super fun. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Okay, Thanks, love Eric. you. Bye. Love you. Bye. <laughs>